Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But Hello. There you go. There we go. Lovely stuff. Um, Pete, we're even just getting in here now and working out what's going on. Pete is parenting whilst doing this podcast. It's quite phenomenal stuff, to be fair. Modern man. Modern man. I mean, the haircut gave it away. But he is a modern man. He's someone who can not only father, but podcast at the same time. It's quite It's quite exceptional, to be fair. Um, how, how you doing, Pete? Oh, now you've muted yourself, mate. The 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 child has been up since three o'clock in the morning. I've changed about fifteen diapers, three three bad ones, and it's uh, in the last five minutes she's developed a new noise that sounds like the Exorcist is taking over. Just per- perfect for a, a lovely sharp microphone like that to really ruin the day. So, <laughs> the, I, I I am so deeply stressed, and um, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to whinge about my fiance on a podcast because she might look back but it's like got the whole week to go out and you choose on the whistle time that's outrageous that's strategic that's spiteful it's a lack of foresight it's a lack of foresight that you know is reminiscent of arsenal a few years ago but i tell you what it isn't of arsenal now because if we're not coming in bouncing positively bouncing after that then i don't know what we're doing it for what a win, massive result. Um, and quite frankly, I can't wait to get into this on the whistle pod. Uh, Johnny, you know that there's a I'm a happy guy, right? Very sort of like I take a positive outlook today. I'm fucking miserable, and I, I'm, I'm not bouncing after that game. Weirdly, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite pissed off with uh, with some of the defending out there. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, but I think there was some. There was some unbelievable stuff that went on in that pitch today. Just sensational. And then there was some stuff that just looked like, oh, man, back half of last season, you know? Just not good. Here we go. Right, well, let's fire into it, shall we? Let's get our... um, Well, we do intros these days because we're not mugs out here. People expect a certain standard. So, forgive me when I play. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know. Mirror 
Good afternoon and welcome to yes another. Oh, that was me. Oh, you got done by it. You got done by it. Thought you were Mr. Technology. I turned the loop off as well, but I tried to pause it, and it went for another one. It don't matter anyway. I was in the middle of my good afternoon and welcome to yes, yet another Arsenal Opinion podcast. We're on the whistle, and we have just beaten Leicester City at home. It was four two for those that watched and for those that just picked it up on you know the. Sky Sports or whatever, and we're told it was a good game, a very positive result, as I've just mentioned. And yet again, we have walked off with the three points out of two of our toughest games out of the first two months. No question about it. Probably the two toughest. The the run that we the run of games we get now certainly favour us. Um, and we could genuinely be looking at the kinds of results that we were hoping for at the start of the season before the season kicked off that would certainly see us towards the top end of the table. Pete, initial thoughts, how, how you thinking, um, how you feeling in the wake of that? Uh, it felt like a real sort of good, bad and the ugly. Um, the ugly was the refereeing. I thought the the ref was an absolute disgrace. Uh, all game, um, you know, letting them get away with all sorts of stuff. Very, very quick to give a soft penalty for Leicester. Then when Gabby Jesus gets fouled in the second half, uh, not interested. Like just, just the lack of consistency in the Premier League when it come, comes to referees. Nothing new, but it's just uh, annoying. Um, but ugly. Uh, I thought. I thought our defence was shaky. We're not very experienced. We should have closed that game out nice and early. I thought there were some individual performances which are really, really going to be problematic um, this season. And um, we can talk about that a little bit later. But then let's talk about the good. My word, the football is sensational at times. We've we've now got a forward line that can bail out our defence. Like That felt like a very Newcastle uh, from 1996 type game. You score two, we'll score three. You score, you know. Um, so I, I, I love the... Um, I love that our forward play was so intricate, um, so beautifully crafted. I love watching the fans absolutely buzzing in the stands. Arsenal, the, the Arsenal way is back when it comes to attacking football. And then, you know, Gabby Jesus, at like that, 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 that chipped goal was... Slow down, slow down a touch, because this is just preamble, remember? You're a little bit oh, this shaken. Is preamble. By the I thought that, that was the hottest terrible. take. We're I'm, not even I'm into the hottest strong. take. Let We're not even into the hottest take. Oh, no. sorry, mate. Sorry. It's All right. sweltering uh, yeah. in the UK. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, I'm in a room that is not well ventilated, has no air oh, conditioning. Okay. We're not built for it. And you no. are about to turn the temperature up as we officially move in to the hottest of takes. Oh, the Pete, hottest you of were takes. kind of teasing us there. You were showing leg, but just keep yeah. going all the way. Yeah, let's, 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 go let's keep on going. Let's just talk about the attack. Um, Gabby Jesus could be the most epic striker signing since uh, Dennis Burkamp. And I say Dennis Burkamp because we've had a lot of good strikers. Dennis Burkamp helped us turn the... Oh, yeah, there was a child there. And you've now muted, Pete. So there you go. Are you come off mute? Uh, no, no, yeah. So uh, back in. Um, I think Gabby Jesus could be a, a, a page turner of a signing. That goal that he scored was Burkamp esque. He is an absolute monster on the pitch. Everything flowed through him. His energy, his winnativity, um, his incredible attitude on the pitch. Everybody trusts him. And we haven't had a striker that creates something out of nothing for a long time. Obama Yang wasn't a something out of nothing striker, he was a poacher. Um, Gabby Jesus 
dropping that that chip that was like Burkamp, that was like Thierry Henry, that was like Robin Van Persie. We have missed that. Um, and he should have had more goals today. So we've got an all-action striker and it's it's paying dividends on the pitch. So my hottest take is the attack is back. Sensational football. What a day. But we do have some things to talk about. Yeah, I love that. Um, let's be clear. Uh, there was a hell of a lot to shout about. And yes, I think Gabriel Jesus was... Um, someone who is obviously going to command and draw all the headlines. And rightfully so. The, the first goal alone was just different gravy. It really was. And um, I think that one of the things that might happen out of this, because there were some real standout performances, a number of them, it was, a, I thought it was a really good performance overall. There obviously were some causes for concern that we will get onto, but I do not want to get a certain performance lost in the reeds in this. And that was of Granite Xhaka. The guy was outstanding today. Absolutely sick. And I tell you what, the much maligned Granite, and we understand why. He's hurt us in the past. He's done a lot of things that have caused issues um, that would make us almost not trust his ability to perform in these situations and under pressure. But he was absolutely sensational. And he, as much as Gabriel Martinelli sets the tone as much as Jesus sets the tone with their high press. Granit Xhaka set the tone with his lung-busting runs. I mean, the guy is no more than a 14 pace on champ manager, you know what I mean, out of 20. Uh, we know that. But the fact is he was showing all 14 of it and he was bursting in behind. And the Leicester defence would turn around going, who's this pacey guy? But it's Granit! Get back, everyone! And it was lovely to watch. And do you know what? I, 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 I seeded it perfectly on the Patreon exclusive. If you're not already a member, do get involved because you'll get these kind of exclusive takes. I said that this may well be the redemption season for Granite Xhaka and he will, you know, go on to potentially lead to the greatest moment in his Arsenal career. I think that we're all expecting him to be replaced somewhat by a guy we were playing today in Tielemans. And overall... I think he was coming in there and he's put in a sensational performance. So, of course, we're going to talk Martinelli. Of course, we're going to talk the wonderful Gabby Jesus uh, in more detail very soon. But I will be damned if I let Granite Xhaka's performance get understated in this podcast. I thought he was absolutely sensational. Um, there are certain points of concern, which we will be getting on to. Some of the goals, you know what? The first goal... It was a mistake. Stuff can happen. Listen, even when you're even when you're playing well, things like that happen. And what I want to see is how you react to adversity. The second goal, big issues. I don't really want to see it, but we can get further into that as we crack on. But let's move on to the first subject, which is just jumping off the page right now. Jesus blessed us. He came out. This is a guy you started to talk about it a second ago, but you know, there were some people out there, I don't know, I don't know any names, of course, but there were some people out there saying, we need to sign a big striker. We need someone who's going to be able to, you know, lead the line. Ooh, that was Matt. Slagging him off when he's not on. That's out of order. Out, bang out of order. I was all <laughs> no. about the short kings. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I certainly was out there saying, look, I was champion Darwin Nunes, but I said, Gabby, I said, Jesus and... And Darwin, we had room for them both. But certainly, the thing that always got me about Jesus was that playing at City, they don't have mugs there. He's won too many titles. He's been involved too many times to be shit. He is going to be a problem for us. And he is 
he's absolutely set the ground uh, set the uh, ground alight today and hit the ground running, I should say. Um, he was awesome. Talk to me about Gabby Jesus, Pete. I just, I just think he's a difference maker. And I love that he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I love the way that he plays. He likes being the man. He's got, a, he's got such a good attitude. And that nothing is dead. And you know, um, the Granite Jacker goal, let's give some credit to the anticipation. Jesus saw what was happening. He took a step back. He prepared for that moment to slip Granite Jacker in. I just think he's an incredible player. Like what, like... The, the question last season was he, you know, he massively underperformed XG. Lots of chances, didn't score them. What was he going to do this season? Now he's got a run. Now he's got that confidence back. I think Edu said that he wanted the Gabriel, the Gabriel Jesus that shines. And he's shining on the pitch. He looks like a £100 million player right now. And the, the key point that you have to remember, Gabby Jesus isn't coming to Arsenal at 31. He's coming at 25. The man is not here to finish top four. He's here to win titles. He is here to win titles. And I'm like, I, I saw that performance today. I'm like, that attack was electric. And Gabby Jesus, front and center with everything. And I, I know that we are focused on Jesus. But just think about Eddie Nketiah. Eddie Nketiah is a top, top young striker. And he's got someone the same size as him, uh, a few years older, that's done it all to learn on. Then Nketiah comes on like forces a top save out of a keeper. I think players like Jesus raise the level of everybody. And what you're seeing in the system now is when you've got 11 players that can play the way Arteta wants to play, the football is more unpredictable. Um, everybody around um, raises the level. Um, and and we're, we are difficult to play against. I, I mean, when was the last... I can't remember the last time where it was like uh, Arsenal had a really bad game defensively and didn't come out of it losing. Because now we've got four goals in the system. We will have four goals in the system every game this season. Um, we need to keep Jesus fit. But just what an incredible signing. 45 million. That, 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 that's going to look like bargain of the summer. Like Vlahovic, psh, tall guys. Nunes, get out of my face. Gabby Jesus is going to be in the running for Golden Boot this year. What an electric performance. And I, I, just, I, I just love the... You know, we could just see someone is loving it on the pitch, loving his new position and loving the fact that his new team is winning. He looks great in that Arsenal shirt as well. So um, full of love. I apologise to all the short kings out there. I took it too far this summer. I made a, I made an error. Um, I beg for your forgiveness because I was deeply, deeply wrong. And I'm embarrassed, ashamed. And if, I, if there is a penance to be paid, it is that I'm being humiliated on a live podcast at the moment by people in the comments. So I'm, I'm sorry about that. Gabby Jesus, what a talent. Yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff to, to jump off of that. Uh, so first of all, I think one of the reasons, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but one of the reasons why either you or a lot of other people who potentially questioned what Gabriel Jesus was going to bring was that he was smaller, you know, the old short kings. But you thought that that might infer that he was going to be pushed off the ball easy, brushed aside, brushed aside. Like, we've had strikers like that in the past who just don't have the physical presence and capacity to be able to deal with playing as, at times, a lone striker, the ball coming in and sticking rather than it just either bouncing off or getting knocked over. But what you perhaps underestimated was that Jesus is absolutely wedge, mate. The guy is serious. Like, he's stacked up. He's not like some skinny dude. This is not, you know, he's not, he's been eating 
Fabio Vieira's uh, school lunches. Let's face it, that's why it's evened out. He's yes. been eating his lunches and we need, you know, he's like the little eagle in the nest, you know, and he's been taking all the food and unfortunately we've got to get Vieira some of those lunches back. But Jesus ain't getting mugged around. When you see Johnny Evans, did you see Johnny Evans misjudge that ball? And Jesus is not backing in. How many times did we see with Lacazette, or Obama Yang, then when the ball gets lumped up, they're not even trying to win the header. They're just trying to annoy the defender. Jesus is winning the header. Big, strong, Kenny Dalglish bum. Get off me. And then once you come in too close, we know his feet are so electric that he'll just roll round you. And he had that opportunity in the, at the end of the first half to score his hat-trick goal. And it was a great challenge from Ndidi in the end that stopped it. But that was everything you need to see about how Jesus is going to play this position. He is not someone who is going to, you know, be a shrinking violet and easily managed. He's got pace. He's got aggression, tenacity. Tenacity is the key word here. And he is going to be a problem for any defender in this league. Um, when we, you know, there were people suggesting uh, in the comments, but also you kind of mentioned it about the actual profile of the signing and the fact that we managed to get this done. Of course, it's an absolutely electric signing. And just like I've mentioned this on a pod before, but I think it's worth going over it again. The fact is, is for all of the criticism, and I think quite just in the sense that, you know, Arteta got when he was given the job first off, we were like, do we need a guy fresh out of, you know, trainer school getting given a, a club like Arsenal? Well, for the downside of that and the fact he was earning on a job, he also came from Man City and had those relationships, and because of those relationships, it's the only reason why Gabriel Jesus is at this club right now. So we have had the bad side of Arteta learning on the job and uh, being a little short, um, you know, in terms of experience in positions over the past two and a half years. But now we're actually catching the upside of that. And there are two players playing in our team right now who look a different gravy, who simply would not be here if it wasn't for Arteta's tenure at Man City as a coach and his relationships that he's built up. Let's put it out here now, okay? I might have done this in hottest takes, but I think Jesus and the excitement around him uh, brings that on. It feels like we've got our Arsenal back. It does. We look fucking scary. We do look scary. You you intimated it earlier. When we concede a couple of goals, I'm not panicking anymore. I'm not shitting myself. I'm like, you know what? Look, look at the way Xhaka's goal came after... The unfortunate own goal. All right, let's go up the other end. Bang, back in your box, Leicester. The fact is, you're not living with us. And you go on and score another goal. Oh, it's going to be a nervy little last 10 minutes. Whack, Martinelli, what are you saying now? Shut up, Leicester. You're not on the level. This is going to be a different league. And it starts to feel that we ain't just looking like a top four outfit out there. It looks like we've got a little bit more in the tank. It looks like we're going to be one of the really big and horrible, scary teams this year that people mark it on their calendar and go, probably going to get beaten up that week. And that's what I want. That's what I've wanted for ages. It's exciting. I don't know who isn't. Who isn't excited by what they're seeing? It's great to watch. And um, Jesus absolutely embodies it. Final point on Jesus before we move on, from my uh, perspective anyway. Jesus not only... um, is an immense player in terms of his output and what he's producing. But his ability and his energy is infectious. We know that. We can see how it's energising players. And if you want to pick out one name more than anyone, 
who you feel there has been an obvious uh, impact on, and it's Gabriel Martinelli. He's looked at Jesus. They've got that, you know, that brotherhood, bringing Brazilians. They're both looking to basically play in the Brazilian national team at the World Cup. If they both do well, they're going to have that kind of synergy going that will mean that it's going to be hard to not play them both. Martinelli had an awesome game today as well. But one of the things with Martinelli, and we've all been so infused by his energy and his, you know, his ability to hound people down, it can get so frustrating. And I, I, I can tell you this from the level of football I've played at, which is, you know, Camden Footprint League, mate, over Hackney Marshes. And when you want to press and someone next to you doesn't go and press at the same time, it's so demoralising. It, it takes the energy out of you. You don't want to do it anymore. But now when Martinelli goes for his hounding runs, you know, trying to pressure, he looks over and he sees Jesus matching him for his ability to press and hound. And quite frankly, it's not. there's no longer the demoralising nature of looking over at Lacazette, mailing it in. You know, or you know, I know Lacazette used to try, but you know, he, he would not put in the hard yards in the same way uh, that a Jesus does. Now Martinelli looks over and gets affirmation and reassurance, and I think that he's helped our whole front line look really terrifying. And I think we are going to be a real, real problem this year. Can't wait, Johnny. Did I just ever... got to say, Johnny. I just got to say, I, I I love the journey that you've gone on. You know, like this is like hearing this praise is not listening to a propagandist uh, pump up a result. Like you've you've seen changes, you feel it, and you love it. And it's like you see it in the stadium, you feel it in the stadium. You can feel it on Twitter. People know that there's something brewing at Arsenal. Listen, it might not happen, uh, it might not challenge the top two directly this year. But this team is on the path. This the, the squad that you the the starting eleven that you just saw there today will likely be the youngest in the Premier League again. And I know people are like age doesn't matter. Don't be a, don't be stupid. Of course, age matters. Age is why we conceded two goals. Age is why you know we looked a bit nervy in in the opening fifteen minutes. When this team peaks, it is a it, it will be a title contending side. Like what you are seeing out on the pitch is not a mirage anymore. You don't have to sort of like sell what, are, you know, there was, you know, Mike McDonald wrote a piece and it was called what the hell is Mikel Arteta doing at Arsenal? Because you needed someone to explain it to you two seasons ago. Now you don't. Just watch the game. Watch the football. You know exactly where it's going. And I, I love listening to you getting excited about Granite Jacker. Do you know? That, that shows how far we've come. All the fans in the stadium, Granite Jacker doing little love hearts. His pro, you know, I know that it's to his family, but Granite Jacker happy in a side. Like this is a guy that was telling the fans to fuck off three seasons ago. So um it's 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 brilliant. Someone was on online saying, Oh, like the feel good vibes are just feel good vibes at Arsenal. It's not really based in anything. Yes, it is. The feel good vibes are not based on the Amazon documentary. It's not based on having a really nice third you know away kit. It is based on people watching what's happening in the team, watching the caliber of players coming in and coming through and seeing the standards that are being set at Arsenal and like I'm, I, I, I'm, I started this podcast feeling miserable, but you've perked me up. <laughs> I'm like buzzing right now. The hairs on the back of my neck are standing up because I'm like, man, we do have our Arsenal back. This, you know, we're going to go through bad moments, of course, but like the, the the tools are in that squad now to do some damage this season and cause some problems against every single side in the Premier League. Like we're not going away to Anfield hoping that maybe maybe we only concede four. We're going there to give them a game and. We haven't been able to say that for, you know, 
best part of five years, in my opinion. Absolutely. And you kind of mentioned his name there. And I, I think that's completely right. One point I'll make before we, you know, just smooth, glide smoothly into our next subject. But just the point you're making about, you know, me, for instance, being on a journey, as much as all of our fans, this is one thing that I would say to a, a lot of people who, um, you know, are somewhat, I don't know, I, I think it's potentially with regards to the old Arteta camps, you know, the in or outs or whatnot. But the fact is, is I want I want to be clear on one thing. We are here now. We can all, any Arsenal fan should be celebrative of the fact that we have come a long way. But don't try to rewrite history. Mistakes were made to get here. Of course they were. But that doesn't make, you know, don't try and lie about the journey. The journey is what makes this important. The reason why I have more confidence in where we are is because there were mistakes being made. What was so frustrating is the same mistakes used to get made all the time. And now it actually feels like the club, the manager, Edu, all of the people have learned from these mistakes and we're not making them anymore. So it's not like anyone who was sitting there believing that, oh, this was bound to happen, I think is is smoking something exceptional, quite frankly. The reality is, is this wasn't promised to us. A lot of hard work has gone into it gone into it and we have plotted our course it wasn't always guaranteed but we find ourselves where we are and I now am fully bought into the fact that I think we can seriously seriously get to the next level with this team now because if you can't see where we are now that we have really really bridged it we were talking about previously bridging the gap to the top four we're not talking about that anymore as you mentioned we're bridging the gap to the top two and I don't think we're anyone should be believing that we're quite there yet. There are mistakes still in this team. There is still, you know, bits. There are corners to sand down. Of course there are. But there's no way in the world is the gap between us and them as big as it was last year and certainly in years before that. Here's a, here's a point to build off um, your bit. Like, it's always difficult being the person that says, show a bit of patience when things are going to shit. So the, it's quite, you know, I've taken the position of negativity for a majority of my writing career. Um, being positive is more difficult because, uh, you know, you, you have to really, it's, there's a bit of hope, there's a bit of luck, um, and you have to trust the the process will work. But when you are winning and you are doing well and you land at this point in the journey, who cares what you thought six months ago? Like, who, who is losing out of this situation? If you're an Arsenal fan and you are upset that you are wrong on Arteta, that you are wrong on the plan, get get your act together. No one cares. All you should care. Like, am I, I was wrong on Gabby Jesus. Do I care? No, because he just scored two goals today and he looks like he's going to be an absolute worldie of a signing. I like to be wrong on things like player talent because if they're good, we all win. If If Arteta pisses you off and you don't like him, who cares? He's doing the job that we hoped that he would do. Everybody's a winner when Arsenal were in this state. So, like, dragging up old tweets, like, leave it out, man. We're all Arsenal fans. We all want the same thing, and that's a successful club. And finally, it feels like we're on the precipice. Maybe not on the precipice. Maybe we're, like, the upward trajectory doesn't feel like it's going to be turbulent. feels like it's, uh, you know... We just need to get some things right, get some experience in the system and just, you know, continue to to learn um, and iron out some of the kinks. So I'm I'm happy that you're happy and I'm 
uh, I, I don't think Arsenal fans should be digging through. It's also funny as well because a, a lot of people really were Arteta out and people were, you know, like uh, people sort of want to go back and say, I was there from day one. When Arsenal lost to Crystal Palace, I was the lone voice on Twitter. Shut up. <laughs> Honestly, give it a rest. Let's just, let's just like leave all that crap behind. Everybody in the stadium is electrified. Everybody online is electrified. We don't need to go through the past now. Let's just focus on what's going on right now. And it is fucking brilliant. Exactly. exactly. Well, well said. Now, someone who's learned, seemingly learned from his mistakes and is certainly in an onwards and upwards trajectory is none other than Granite Xhaka, the man made of granite. Um, yes, his highlight of his life so far was being given the keys by his mother when she was elsewhere engaged. You know, he had that responsibility, but he really looks like he's coming into his own. And before I go to you on this, Pete, someone mentioned, the, uh, this isn't this isn't to start knocking um, er Erdegaard's captaincy. It's not. I'm, I'm quite happy with Erdegaard being there. But someone said, I can't remember, I think it was on Twitter, that the vibes you get probably from an all or nothing is that Granite is the kind of surrogate captain still. He is still the most outspoken and the one that G's it all up. And I watched before the game, Leicester, and we're all huddled around. And that is a classic point. It's not like, you know, no one else should be able to say anything. But usually it's the captain who is rallying people. It's getting people G'd up. It's the last thing you're going to be hearing before the game kicks off. And the voice was not Martin Erdegaard's. It was granite and he was intense and he was talking to people and people were nodding. And again, this isn't the last thing I'm saying is that I think granite should be getting the armband. Of course not. But let's not downplay the fact that whether he has the armband or not. And, you know, the quote that I came out with a, lot, a long time ago on the pod, granite still has a hell of a lot of influence on this team. He is, you know, he, he, is, a ta he is one of the talisman of this team. Unfortunately, he is also, you know, kind of a poster boy for a lot of the things that have gone wrong. But right now, he seems, in, in my opinion, to be playing some of his best football. What do you make of Granite Xhaka's performance today, Pete? Granite Xhaka is happy. He loves it in London. I think he loves the new connection with the fans. And he said he would, you know, he said, like, our relationship is what it is. I think he's fallen in love with the fans a little bit. I see romance out there. Um, I like him in his new position. I think he's gone through... Some really oh man like Matt Candela. There he is. Little man, Matt, Matt. Oh look it, look here he is. Man like man. Matt Candela has been added to the stream for those not watching. He's at the Tollington. He looks like he's had a couple, but he's got a massive classic Matt Candela grin on him. Um, he's not apt to get the cosh out. Matt, how are you feeling? What's going on? Here we are, boys. Here we are. Hottest of takes. The Arsenal are back. <laughs> Absolutely never in doubt whatsoever. What a, what, a, what a performance, guys, right? Well, we're expecting that this is going to be a bit of a short one from you, Matt, a la some of the uh, phone-ins that I've had to do in the past, including from Belgium. So you try and sum up all that you have taken away from that game, including standout performers, how you feel that leaves us moving forward and overall what the what the atmosphere was like in the stadium because it did seem electric and the fans not only seemed properly engaged and helping to get uh, the team over the line, but, you know, the sense of enjoyment really feels like it's back. Was, was that how you felt? 
I think the first thing to say is it's I've never been to a hotter football match in my entire life. And you know, we often talk about these things as being, yeah, 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 it's hot. Like it was it was one of those moments in the first half where you had to breathe deeply to make sure you weren't gonna pass out. <laughs> and I was there with a friend of mine. He goes out with a Brazilian girl and he says that she wears full-on pajamas and a winter coat in this weather. So <laughs> I think it really suited our Brazilian players and Martinelli and Jesus were absolutely outstanding today. And I think, my God, we have been starved of a striker for so long. We, we just forgot what it was like. It was like being in an abusive relationship where you just sort of, you just keep taking it and taking it and taking it. <laughs> and now suddenly you're just like, it's so nice just to have a player who can, who's a proper striker. And I just don't think any of us realised how good he was, but we've we've realised now, right? He he is he's he's going to score a lot of goals this season. He scored two today. He could have scored four. He should have scored more. Absolutely insane. Um, Matt, we were also talking, um, and again, I appreciate you might have to shoot off as well. But we were in into our granite Xhaka section um I, I i've pulled him out especially and i'm, I'm not gonna get through this pod unless he gets the adulation he deserves that performance i thought was outstanding what did you make of jacket today look i think it was interesting you're saying that we actually had a long conversation about this during the game because this new formation where zinchenko almost tucks in is obviously fantastic. And I think at the first half, we played really well. However, a lot of the time, it does mean that Granit Xhaka ends up on the flank. And I've got to say, I thought he was a good player. Like, I thought he had a decent game. But he's not that great when you've got him as the guy who's suddenly the extra man on the flank. And I appreciate everything that he's done. I appreciate his attitude. But I thought actually today showed that if you could upgrade him to a player who was more mobile, then I think you would. Really yeah, I think I think we're losing you there, Matt. A whole new, a whole new sort of uh, phase of Arsenal. Yeah, sorry, Matt. I think we're losing you. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we'll bid you farewell. You've got some festivities ahead of you. There you go. Um, what a way to dial out because right now we're getting updated from the comments that Brentford are 1-0 up. Yay! It means it's a special Saturday because my Saturdays are the best when Arsenal look amazing and look like they might start challenging high up the league. And Man United are an absolute cesspit. And I love to, you know, up my, my spirit is singing right now. But listen, we Matt's there. He's obviously got carried away. He's had he's drunk on the sun right now. He was slagging off granite as far as I'm. No, he, of course he wasn't even that. And he does make a valid point. But look, I, I, I strongly oppose any notion that granite had anything other than an excellent game today. Um, there was one mistake in the first half where he got caught napping by Fafana, who then got body bagged by Martinelli for the rest of the game. Oof. Pete, we were we were giving a granite some love. Uh, let's continue. 
Yeah, I think um, I think Granite Jack has adapted into that new position well. Like Granite Jacker threw on goal, he, he he was laughing after. He was laughing. He nearly got on the end of it. Um, I thought it was a good game. I, I think he's um, he's getting a bit bolder with his passing. Um, you know, a, a little bit more, a little bit more like Neves and the way that he goes a little, like you know, quite direct. Um, I'd love to see him shoot um, a little bit more. Um, I'm hoping that he's going to gain some confidence for the season. Where I will maybe slightly concur with Matt is that more advanced sort of eight position that he's occupying. I think that there's like there is a sort of holding pattern in that position. I think that Arteta's long-term view is you put someone in there that can do all the things that Granite can, but is maybe a little bit more attack-minded, maybe a little bit more um, a little bit more mobile. Um, so that you get more output out of them. But like, take nothing away from Granite today. I thought it was a super performance. He absolutely deserved his goal. Um, I think he hit the post as well. So um, good game from him. I just, and, and I, I completely agree with you on the leadership thing. Listen, like, if you are a leader, you can't just be like, okay, well, I won't be a leader on the pitch because Martin Erdegaard's got the armband. Like, seniority plays a, a big role. And what, 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 I'm, what I'm glad about is that people were like, he's a bad leader. He's a bad leader. Listen, he had a bad moment. Um, and you, know, you combine that with some bad periods of the club, some big mistakes. Everybody everybody made assumptions about his character. But you, you will not hear a bad word about Granite Jacker from anyone at any club that he's played for. Definitely not Arsenal. You know, like he is uh, he has incredible leadership qualities. Everybody gravitates towards him. And the the biggest thing about him and the reason that he always gets started is he's brave. And everybody trusts him. There's a lot of trust for Granite Xhaka. And I, I would love, you know, his, his redemption arc to be getting Arsenal back into the top four. Because, you know, he's, he's had a bit of a rough career. And if anybody deserves to, to feel a little bit of glory, I think it's Granite. And um, it was another great performance. So long may they continue. Yeah. And to kind of reaffirm that, you talked about redemption arc. This was something I was going quite heavy in the um, Patreon pod this week again to reiterate if you're not part of the patreon you're missing out get on there now and become part of the community um and i was saying that you've got a number of players who somewhat define the era we've had our adams era we've had our Vieira, Henri. you know these guys define the era by their performances and you look back and and their ability their high points are you know um in heavily intertwined with the the fates of the club. And I actually think that Xhaka is the era-defining player for what we've seen over the last, you know, six or seven years or whatnot. Um, He's the guy who, at times, can look very good. Some of his games, at his best, he can sit in there against top teams. He's had great games against City in the past. Not so much Liverpool, but look very good against Tottenham. Teams that we would absolutely want to beat, Man United. And you're sitting there thinking, this guy can do it. He's looked very good for Switzerland in those tournaments. But he's also had some crushing lows as well. And that really sums up where Arsenal have been. Just not quite good enough or or flatter to deceive, looking very good at points and then ultimately have a bit of a soft underbelly. And it's not the granite as a kind of soft underbelly, but he makes mistakes that make it easy to get at him. And those mistakes in big games have become synonymous with him. So much so that I think as Arsenal fans, we have 
somewhat almost overlook the positives at this stage. We, we, you know, it's the fool me once situation. And at this stage, people don't want to give the rope to Xhaka because they feel like they've been betrayed, if you like, in the past. But I do feel like, and this is partly watching all or nothing, it looks like, one, Granite really loves Arteta. He loves what he's about. The other thing is, whether you like him or not, he loves this club. And listen, not everyone does. There are some people in it for the money. Granite loves Arsenal. He really does. And when I'm hearing him talk, I, I like to hear it. I like to see what he's about. And he is definitely a flawed player. There are issues in his game that need to be covered for, you know, need to be accounted for. The problem is, is that, or, or, or the non-problem, if you like, the positive is, is that I think we're starting to build a team that is being able to adapt around Granite's flaws in order to let this guy shine. We've never seen him in this rampaging, you know, box-to-box role. We never thought it was even possible. He he was always the deep-lying player, which gave him the responsibility of protecting that defence. His lack of pace was on full glow in those positions because people would breeze past him and then all of a sudden we were looking incredibly vulnerable. Without that responsibility of protecting the defence when Thomas Partey's in there. And it seems like Partey at this stage has been given clear instruction. You are not to go further forward than, you know, Xhaka. Xhaka's the guy going forward. And he's used that liberty uh, alongside um, the extra protection that Zinchenko uh, moving into centre and midfield as well offers. And Granite is very good at slipping into left-back when Zinchenko goes. This little combination is something to keep your eyes on. It's something I tweeted out in the week about the tactical approach we're taking. It's Johnny, really it's brilliant. A t- it's, it's a 2 0 Brentford. 2 0 oh, Brentford. Oh, lovely. 2 0. There we go. So we've also that got our lo- that little boy, that little boy they've got in the back, not dealing with the big boys. Oh, exactly. You hate to see it. Ne- see it. Never been on a roller coaster and getting thumped away at Brentford. Bad luck, Lissandro. Um, meanwhile, we got ourselves chinked who's doing obscene, dirty, dirty back heels on the left left wing. But I, I digress. He was, I do, out, he, he was outrageous. Sorry. Doing anyway. nonsense, yeah. yeah. Yes. I, just, yeah. I just want to wrap up on Xhaka. Now, again, I do think that he may end up being an era-defining player. And I'm talking about in an era that ends on a very positive note where we can push on and we actually get to see, it's not what people are necessarily expecting, but we may see the best Xhaka we've ever seen this year because he looks hungry after all of the ups and downs in his career at Arsenal, he doesn't he doesn't look like he's lost the hunger or the love for Arsenal. He, if anything, he looks more engaged than ever. And I think that when you take away that responsibility, we may see Xhaka starting to do things like he did today. Whether or not it's a one-off, we'll, we'll wait and see. But he may surprise us with what he's capable of. It, I, I don't necessarily agree with Matt in terms of, of course, we don't want to see him on the wing. He's not fast enough. But in general, it shows that he doesn't, he's not scared to go anywhere on the pitch and fill in. But overall, he showed a goal scoring threat today, which I tell you what, I'm here for it. And if there's more of that to come for to come, we're all benefiting. Totally agree. Down with that. Loving this positivity. Nice. Now, positivity, slight, slight, and I do say slight. Down note. Saliba's first bit of adversity, okay? Um, he scored an own goal today. Um, I'll I'll save my views on Saliba's performance till after you, Pete. But 
obviously, an own goal. Um, never good to score an own goal, I guess. Um, what did you make of William Saliba after the soaring heights of his first game, getting that oggy under his belt in his second? I don't care. I honestly don't care. Like, firstly, um, you know, we'll come on to Ramsdale later. I thought Ramsdale's positioning was really poor for that. Um, secondly, it happens, man. Like, it happens. Uh, thirdly, I thought he can. I thought he, I thought he played a good game. He kept Jamie Vardy quiet. He's got um, unbelievable bursts of pace. A man that tall, six foot four, at his weight, shouldn't be shouldn't be running at that speed. It's outrageous. It catches me by surprise every time. But we said it last week. Listen, William Saliba is a very young man. He's 21 years old, youngest centre-back in the Premier League that's starting games at the moment. Um, He's going to have ups and downs. I would not class today as a down for him. Um, I I, I really wouldn't. And uh, if anyone's giving him shit, like, grow up, man. Like... But he'll have stinkers. He will have stinkers this season because that's just the nature of, of you know, learning your craft in the toughest league in the world. Um, but overall, keeping Jamie Vardy quiet, even at Jamie Vardy's age, is impressive. Thought his range of passing was great. He's brave um, regardless of what happens. You know, he doesn't stop playing those defense, uh, sorry, those sort of midfield splitting passes um, even when he's had a bad moment. And he's... Uh, He's got a lot of mental strength. I, I just like his calmness. Um, I wish that Aaron Ramsdale had the calmness of William Saliba and then maybe we wouldn't have conceded that goal. Um, but I don't think the shaky defence um, was on Saliba today. I think the the culprits of the problems that we had today were Aaron Ramsdale and Gabriel. Um, but yeah, he'll get over that. I don't think anybody will be giving him too much grief about it. And uh, hopefully, you know, he has a great, great match in the next, uh, in, in the next 90. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I didn't. I wanted to give you the first uh, shot, at, uh, first swing at this one because um, I didn't know where you might come down on it because I was going to go extremely bullish. He had a fucking great game again. Yeah. What do you want of the guy? Now I'm actually going to say it like this: with hindsight, knowing the fact that we won, I think it was good. I think it was good that he scored an own goal. You summed it up well, and we'll get onto the particulars of the own goal, but. One of the key things about it, I think one of the reasons why my phone is blowing up all week saying, where do I register to be a Saliba Ultra, you know, the, the newest and coolest gang, um, is because people may be forgiven for having watched that Palace game and going, okay, we've got a, you know, a body clone of Van Dyke. The guy's massive. He's fast. He's good on the ball. He is going to tank people. He's not going to lose 50-50s. We're up for it. But the key is, and for the people that maybe reserve judgment, is he's a young guy. He'll make mistakes. How's he going to come back from moments of adversity, of which there will obviously be them? It's all right. us all getting gassed over one good game at the start of the season. But what about when you make your mistakes, how are you going to come back from it? Are you going to fold? We've seen defenders have good games and then fold. I'm pretty sure Philippe Senderos is... First few games, pretty decent. I remember them being. Ended and up Stepanovs and Stepanovs. Yeah, ended up a box of marbles on the floor, all over the gaff. Stepanovs, yeah, looking like a tank. Listen, Saliba scores an own goal. Where's your temperament at? Where's your head at? I'm cool, mate. Check his hands. Not moving. Not moving. Not moving. Absolutely, Not moving. the guy is a bully. He had a, he had a wicked game. Now let's talk about the own goal. There's no question that Saliba has to take. He scored the own goal, a fair portion of the uh, uh, of the blame for the own goal. But when I see that own goal, 
you know, sometimes players score own goals and you literally go, what the fuck were you thinking? You know, or they keep scoring own goals. Frank Sinclair in the 90s, I mean, genuinely had a prolific record. Like every week, goals going in his own net. Uh, uh, amazing to watch a Chelsea team struggle with that. But, you know, this is neither of those. Saliba's not scoring a goal, an own goal like that every week. It was an accident. It happens. Van Dijk, the likes of company, I'm sure they've all scored these, scored these kinds of goals. It happens. It's a miscommunication. But it takes two to tango in these setup in these setups. And what is Ramsdale doing where he is? I I question whether there was a loud enough um, shout. I'm not going to necessarily blame blame Ramsdale because there's also a, a, a mitigating factor: the fact that Saliba's new. Obviously, I, we heard him interviewed last week. He does speak English, but it's not like perfect yet. He's going to improve on that. So maybe there was a muddle up in communication. We brush our hands of it and say, "There we go." But I certainly don't think Aaron Ramsdale came out of that situation with any glory. Um, and in the end, Saliba's just tried to deal with it. Uh, a, a confusing situation, which he's just tried to get the better of. And obviously, he's misplaced his header in the end. But again, it's certainly not on all on Saliba. There, Aaron Ramsdale has his own price to pay on that one. Um, the, the thing that is important, like a lot of people are saying that the fans cheered him on. What fans are starting to realise is the development of young players will be quicker and more truncated if we support players in their bad moments. And I think that that's uh, maybe a a little bit of a learning from last season, definitely a learning from uh, watching the Amazon documentary. Like, be gentle with these players. They're going to have bad moments. And, you know, you can be a Saliba ultra when it's going well. means nothing if you're not there when he has a bad moment. But I'm with you. Like, I wouldn't really class that. You know, it's, 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 it's it's not great. But it's not, it was not a bad moment. And it shouldn't take away from the rest of his game today. He looks like he's been playing in the Premier League for four seasons. Um, you know, he's, uh, the, 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 the rise in stocks continues, you know. He's, uh, he look, um, if Wesley Fofana is going for £70 million, what the hell is Saliba worth? Got absolutely bullied all day by Martinelli. It was, it, it was embarrassing. It was like watching a 15-year-old playing with an 11-year-old and just, you know, roughing him up like a rag doll. Um, but yeah, William Saliba, don't worry about it. He'll brush, his, he'll brush it off and he'll go into the next game and have a stormer. 100%. And Peter Nixon's point here on the screen currently, he's the first, uh, you know, first name on the team sheet. I, I think he is. Almost the first name from Peter. I'd say he is. I think he's our best defender. He's looked like our best defender in the first two games. He scored an own goal, but it's not because he was doing something egregious. It was a misunderstanding. And ultimately, as I said, there was more than one person to, uh, at fault there. And outside of that, Show me where he made a mistake. He, he just looked excellent pretty much throughout. Different gravy. And we know, as Arsenal fans, we're not panicking. Well, Jamie Vardy's through. All right. Do you know we've got a guy at the back who hounded down Kylian Mbappe when he was through? So we're not worried about Jamie Vardy in year 35, okay? Don't worry about it, Jamie. You won't play up, play against players like that every week. You might score against shitter teams. Big Bill is here and he's here to stay. So Libra Ultras on me. Let's go. Right, let's move on. Uh, we have gone up and down, and we are going to continue down. We 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 mentioned his name in that little uh, talk about Saliba own goal, but I've put this banner under Ramsdale worry. For me, I think there has to start being worries now. Listen, I, I certainly think that he um, had a part to play in the own goal, and he certainly had a massive part to play in the 
James Madison goal getting beat at his near, near post through his legs. How are you feeling about Ramsdale? I know whenever we talk about Ramsdale, we also we always get a vociferous defence from some of the people in the comments with being too harsh and all of that. But listen, I think that as far as I'm concerned, if you're watching this, you can't not see that there is a bit of a worrying trend developing with uh, Aaron Ramsdale. Pete, what do you make of it? I think Matt called it the other week. David Seaman didn't need to make spectacular saves because he had great footwork. He was always in the right position, so he could usually catch the ball. Um, the opposite is feeling true of Aaron Ramsdale. Sometimes his saves look extra spectacular because he's a little bit out of position. And I think he got away with it the first half of last season. Um, I think you know key here is to not throw the baby out with the bathwater. I have one sitting on my lap right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's in a rough patch of form. Some of his kicking was outrageous today. He made a couple of good saves, but you can't be letting shots in at your near post like that. That's just bad positioning. That's a lack of concentration. I think my biggest concern is he's starting to look like the goalkeeper we feared he was. He looks nervous. He's a little bit erratic, a little bit messy, and you really don't know what you're going to get. But um, I, 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 I worried at the start of the season that the biggest error would be letting Bernd Leno go. Now, I know you can't keep a, you can't keep Bernd Leno. He's a human at the end of the day, and he wants to go to the World Cup. He's... You know, being a professional, I think we've seen what happened with Dean Henderson saying, you know, how, how terrible he felt that he'd been um, held at Man United and not given minutes. But um, if if Aaron Ramsdale's form continues like that, then we have a problem. And then we will have to rely on Matt Turner. And Matt Turner is one of the best shot stoppers in MLS, well, was last season. But we don't know what he's gonna what he's gonna bring to the table. How good is he with his feet? Is he gonna hold up in a in a much faster, more powerful league? Is it you know is he gonna be able to deal with pressure? So I am very concerned uh, about Aaron Ramsdale. Thankfully, we got away with it uh, today. But if Aaron Ramsdale is a bag of nerves, the whole defense is a bag of nerves. And if players stop trusting Aaron Ramsdale, then then we're we're in deep trouble. Um, heading into you know the rest of the season, we need a top four level goalkeeper. And today he didn't look like a top four goalkeeper. Thought some of his passes um, weren't uh, great decisions. Uh, he made some ra- you know he made a rash decision with Jamie Vardy when you know, Jamie Vardy wasn't going to score with that through ball, and Aaron Ramsdale nearly gave away uh, a penalty. Like if Jamie if Jamie Vardy had just run into him, it definitely would have been a penalty, and it puts us under all sorts of pressure. So, yeah, and, and listen, this, this decision to sign Aaron Ramsdale was not, uh, it was a recommendation it came from Arteta and the goalkeeping coach. The goalkeeping coach is not great. Uh, you know, that's kind of widely known. He is not a favourite uh, behind the scenes. He was the guy responsible for Runison. And again, goalkeeper comes in, has three months of great form, the goalkeeping coach should be picking him up. Aaron Ramsdale hasn't been good since February. And we've, you know, we've had another bad game. And you can't, you know, goalkeeper can have one or two bad games a season. You can't have three months of bad form. And Arteta might be in a situation where if this continues by October, he's got to drop him. And have we got the right level sitting behind Ramsdale? I don't know. So it's uh, 
it's a big concern and I don't think we should downplay it just because he does great YouTube videos and we love who he is as a human. So, uh, yeah, not not good today. And I'm sure he'd be kicking himself about it. But um, this is elite level football. And if you if your performances drop, there needs to be a consequence for it. Um, so what do, what do you think? You've muted yourself. Uh, right, okay. Uh, just a quick nod to the fact that Brentford have gone three 0 up. Hey, <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, let's just hold on that before you go into Ramsdale. Um, Mikel Arteta came into a bag of shit. Uh, didn't have a preseason, and he got a turnout of the players quite fast. You know, we played a different style of football. Everybody looked a little bit more energized, and he won an FA Cup. I know that we can't be talking about Ten Hag getting sacked after two games, but. There's not much that he can do with that squad. And if they are literally down in tools to the point where they're getting battered by Brentford, I mean, this is this could be a really, really bad run. He has nowhere to go with this squad. It's, um, it's frightening for them. Listen, I, I, I've spoken to people and they've, you know, as we're doing at this stage and this is the done thing, you're kind of predicting how the season might go, who's going to be in those positions, you know. And I've talked about Arsenal, and I do say that I think we will depend, you know, obviously huge injuries can sway things one way or the other and all that. But if injuries permitting, I think we're going for third. And people are in there going, oh, yeah, you know, it's four teams going for those, you know, third and fourth places. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, Chelsea, yet to be proven that they're appalling, but I think they're, they're not going to be as good as usual. Tottenham, I think, are going to be as good, if not a bit better than last year. Do not involve United's name with us. We've worked hard to get ourselves away from that shit. They are dog shit, and I love it. I'm here for it every day. I want two results out of my weekend. I want the Arsenal one going our way, and then after that, how United getting on? Who's beating them up this week? They deserve it. Their fans deserve it. And I mean Andrea, that. We, we can't watch the game. Andreas saying Martinez totally crushed in the air. Like, I, don't totally. know, I, I don't know whether I don't know whether a five foot nine player in the Premier League like we're, like these are top like we're, we're talking the best athletes in the world. If you are five foot nine and the best athlete, and you are six foot four and the best athlete, I don't think you can make that up. No, that's why Arsenal weren't signing Martinez as a centre back. Because no. that was a stupid idea. They were signing them as a left back. I just think it's fucking crazy that they the put, only I mean, one small. The only one who's been smaller than that kind of thing and could fill in was Bakary Sanya because he was made of titanium. We know that. Um, you know, scientists have tested him. I'm pretty yeah. sure it might be adamantium. Actually, he might he might have the Wolverine set up because you can't move him. And he had a leap like any salmon would be proud of. But. Just a random small dude. No, you're not getting away with it. Oh Mascherano is another small... Four, four, nil. four oh nil. Oh, my God. Oh, and this wow. is an Arsenal podcast. But, guys, the reason why we're even putting any focus on this is because this is a team, right? And I don't, don't apologise for it. This is a team that won in our greatest days. You know, they ended the unbeaten run in awful cheating fashion. So gutted what's happening. But also, in recent times, they've talked about us in a dismissive way. They've they've had commentators, we know prominent ones, who've dismissed Arsenal and what we've tried to do in terms of rebuilding. And I tell you, they are in a fucking mess. An absolute whirlpool, a descent. And guess what? 
We've scrambled out the quicksand, guys. So it's our time to enjoy watching them go under. And they're li- Johnny, listen. it's 35 minutes in, mate. Yeah. 35 minutes in and they're 4-0 down. This Brentford is Man United. Are, Brentford are undressing them and they are doing so because they can at will. And it's great. And I love it. And the fans will be going home to Essex, to London. Those United fans won't, won't be too far a travel. <laughs> um, very few going back up. Uh, the M1. But anyway, um, listen, and, and have that, Fergie. Have that. I hope that hurts. But anyway, um, you know, look, we were originally talking about a completely different point. Yeah, sorry. Um, bouncing all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is Ramsdale. My issue yeah. is this. When we first signed Ramsdale, I, as was, you know, rightfully so, I, 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 came, I came out and I said i had serious concerns a goalkeeper who's relegated in a couple of seasons and from what i'd seen i wasn't that bowled over with him then i completely turned a new leaf became a fully fledged ramsdalian and that was because the guy was pumping out regular world-class performances not not good performances world-class performances and the one thing that i remain unmoved on from that moment uh from my you know ramsdalian uh uh, um, uh, um, kind of revelation, if you like, is that his distribution is outstanding, largely. And I know that we'll get onto that, but I do think that when you've got a player who's so good on the ball and can, you know, hit moonrakers the way that he does, occasionally they'll go wrong. And I'm willing to have a keeper that will occasionally give the ball away or whatever to get the benefit of having a keeper this good on the ball. We've seen the other side of it and we benefit from it. I mean... Gabby, he nearly got an assist for Gabriel Jesus in the first half. That's the outstanding part of Jay, uh, Ramsdale's game. The other parts of it, you know, we think about the Leicester game last year when he had an absolute blinder, saving all sorts. And I think it comes back to the points you were making about, you know, you might be making outstanding saves, but the likes of, you know, a safe hands doesn't need to make all those because he's just solid. And you don't need to be getting a YouTube highlight reel of saves all the time. Just keep, you don't have to be doing that all the time to keep the ball out. But one of the things you have to be doing is not letting the ball go through your legs at the near post. Like that was poor. And I mean, sometimes that can happen, but that was a really, really poor bit of goalkeeping. You've got to be covering that because when, if the angle was a little bit, um, less a little bit uh, less wide and uh, in terms of where Madison was um I could almost forgive it because he's got to cover off a, a, the other half of the goal but from where you are almost the one point you're saying you're not going to beat me on is through your legs it's poor goalkeeping and he definitely looks like he's lost some of that early confidence and we need to get him back there it's not it's not a situation where we're ready to where we're in any sort of position to pull the plug on Ramsdale we need him but he's in a position that could genuinely undermine all of the good work that we're currently doing with our players and the way that we look right now. Aaron Ramsdale, having a, a faulty goalkeeper, it can, can spread confusion and unrest in the defence that are looking quite robust outside of that. And it can put us in a position where we're dropping points that shouldn't be getting dropped. And let's face it, you kind of alluded to the fact, the kind of attacking prowess that we had last year means that there's no way we would have won that game to that game today last year and we probably would have got beaten so you know we can't have these mistakes and yes you've been bailed out by us looking rampant at the other end but against better opposition and Leicester are a good team 
But against better opposition, you're not going to just be able to go up the other end and score at will. And we need better from him. And this is not a one-off because it's a trend that's been bubbling for a while. And we genuinely need him to start stepping up and being a lot more solid. Um, So, yeah, certainly concerns from the Aaron Ramsdale one. And I'm sure there'll be people going, oh, you're a bit arse from Ramsdale. I don't think we are. And it's about time that people start getting alerted to the fact. I like Ramsdale. I like him as a guy. He's a top bloke. I like what he does. His energy is infectious. But listen, we're not out here just trying to give good blokes a go. You've got to be able to deliver on the pitch. It's not It's not about nice guys get badges here. It's about deliver on the pitch or get out the team. Yeah. And I think the, the, one, the one positive that we can take from this, and again, Amazon documentary, you know that no one will be a bigger critic of himself after today than Aaron Ramsdale himself. You know, he's not, um, you know, I, I felt like we've had goalkeepers, maybe like Almunia in the past, where they would be looking for reasons why those weren't really their mistakes. Whereas Ramsdale, I think, takes everything very personally. Um, but he does need to improve. You know, you're, he's at a major club now. Um, we've And the thing with Aaron Ramsdale is we have seen the promised land. We know that he's better than this. Um, but my my sort of secondary worry is I don't think we've got the best goalkeeping coach in the Premier League. Arteta knows about that. He hasn't fixed it. And yet again, we've got goalkeeping issues. So, um, you know, this is this form is partly on Arteta because um, maybe he's not as ruthless with his backroom team as, uh, as he should be. So let's see where it goes. Hopefully he can pick up uh, his form in the next game. But I don't want to be seeing terrible mistakes uh, like that against Man United, you know, or Chelsea or Spurs, because you can't recover from two goals like that against those sides. Well, you can against Man United, mate. We'd be 5 nil up at that point. So, oh no, there's the clean sheet bonus gone, but we're 5-1. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, do, I certainly agree with the rest of it. Pete, I think at that, we've done over an hour here. We have reached the end of our On The Whistle Leicester City podcast. Um, we have got a new little uh, thing now, a little, a little feature that we like to add in all of our podcasts, because we are the AOP. We drop the AOB, okay? And I do have a little point to bring up, which I will. But if you have any quick questions, real quick, guys, because we've got to wrap up because I've got to go and pick up my son, actually. But um, if you've got any quick points that you want to do, just whack them in the comments now. We'll see. But the only thing that I want to bring up is about the Fantasy League. We know that the Premier League is up and running, but also Fantasy League is. And if you do want to join um, the Fantasy League, AOP League, you can go up against me. Um, I am in there. I don't know what I've done this week. It feels like I've gone backwards, but what can you do? Um, let me give you the code. It is the league to join us on FPL, obviously, is small case O for Urzel, E for everyone's very happy at what Arsenal are doing today, and V for Vieira. Whoa, 739. O E V 739. Um, good. And so, oh, yep. Yeah, someone's saying about Ram is Ramsdale at fault for the Urzul guy. Oh, you've got that. You've got it there. Well done. You put it up, Pete. But yeah, we did mention that we did think that Ramsdale had a bit of hat, did have a little bit of um, culpability for that own goal. And the rest of the people are loving. Oh, what's this? My hot take was our bench. We had a strong first 11 from Luke Tovey. 
uh, out with players we consider first eleven on the bench as well. A lot of credit to Edu and Arteta there for the bench. A couple of words on our backup, our people on the bench uh, today, Pete. I, I think the a lot of my we didn't really get onto Arteta today, but I, I had a bit of a problem with how he managed the game uh, today. I think there were some errors that came from him. He didn't make early enough substitutions. Um, and I, I want to see him use those five subs a little more liberally. You know, there were clearly players that were uh, tired in that ridiculous heat out there, and Arteta didn't lean in early enough. Um, you know, it, it, Ben White should have come off earlier. He's hobbling around. I wish he'd dropped to the floor. But yeah, I like that we've got depth coming back into the squad. Fabio Vieira will be back very soon, um, and he'll give us a different angle and dimension. But yeah, we've got a strong bench uh, to choose from. And I, I love that when Enketia came on, he made a difference. So um, hopefully Arteta will sharpen his game management as the season goes on. The thing that I, we really need to pay attention to with Arteta this season is he cannot get into a situation where there are just some players that he doesn't trust until he needs them. Don't break our top players because you don't want to make early subs. You don't want to rotate in with the squad. The biggest learner in the back end of last season is Mo Oneni can play in big games. He can certainly play in small games. Rotate them in. Eddie Nketiah scores goals. Give him a game. Uh, you know, bring him on with 25 minutes to go. Um, so love the strength of the bench, but it's no good if he doesn't use it. I was thinking exactly the same thing. And just to reinforce that, I was uh, I was sitting there thinking, this is a game Eddie should be coming on. Once Martinelli bagged that goal in. But the one thing I would say on it, to kind of countenance it a bit, because the obvious sub should be Nketiah for Jesus when the game looks like it's won. Because Nketiah's not some kid now who we're just trying to give a couple of minutes to. We've seen that he can score goals and he caused chaos when he came on. And it, when you've got Jesus making an impact the way it has, and uh, Eddie Kruger is not going to be getting upset because he's going to know that there's a class forward ahead of me. But what he'll get upset for is if he's getting no love whatsoever, no playing time. If he's coming on on 75 minutes or 80 minutes, getting 10, as long as he's getting regular work in the Carling Cup and Europa League, Eddie will be fine. He'll have opportunities to prove that he should be playing. And maybe ahead of, you know, um, Martinelli or, 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 or Saka on odd weeks as well. But we do need to use those players for everything you said. We can't be uh, straining the squad where they're all playing 90 minutes in hot in hot weeks like they were today, where they're going to start breaking down when we need them the most. And I certainly think that with Eddie. I was really encouraged when he came on. He looks like he's ready to roll this year. And of course, our starting centre forward is not up for debate. But the fact is, is I think that we've got some real, you know, good options from the bench nowadays. And that's something that we can all enjoy it. Yep, someone did say Saka was extremely quiet today. I, I, I also agree with that. I thought he had a quite a poor game in many... Not a poor game, actually. He was just average, but he just didn't do anything. But guess yeah. what? He is a decent player overall. We know Johnny, that. He's I'm going to wrap my side because i got a wet diaper and then you can close out. But I will say my any other business is get on that Patreon, type the Arsenal opinion, subscribe, whatever you like. We've been doing before the whistles. We've been dropping 90-minute performances. Like we're 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 out of preseason and we're into the mixer. You're going to get a load of value from that this season. Um, we've got a good community already. If you're signed up, thank you for joining. But get on that, get on that Patreon, uh, support the podcast, um, and thank you if you are already. Um, Johnny, I'll leave you to close out. 
I'm going to go and fix a, a wet diaper. But the, the child performed. She knew that I was on stage, didn't interrupt, but she's messed herself now. So Fantastic. A young performer, reminiscent of William Saliba, ready to meet the moment. Guys, thanks everyone who joined, uh, uh, who tuned in, and thanks to everyone who's listening to this post recording as well. Um, your support is always welcome, and as Pete said, if you haven't already, do head over to our Patreon and join in. You won't be disappointed. We're giving you at least one exclusive podcast a week. Thank you for everyone there. As always, you can follow me on my socials at I Johnny Cochran. Thanks, and I'll see you next time. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.